On Wednesday nights, we've started a series calling, called Living Uncommon. Is nobody excited about that but me? Living Uncommon. Living Uncommon. How many of you want to live uncommon? Yeah. You know that uh, when God gave that to pastor, obviously that's God's will for us to live uncommon. That's why we're talking about it. It's God's will for us to live uncommon. That word uncommon, pastor defined it beyond the norm. Woo! Live beyond the norm. Out of the ordinary, remarkable. How about I add, live like God lives. Live like God lives. He came to give us life, right? Now we know that word life means life as God lives it. That's out of the ordinary. That's uncommon. So God wants us to live like he lives. Praise God. You know, that's not dependent on what's going around us. What's going on, the situation, circumstances. What God says stands. Amen. Let me read what Dr. Savell gave us on Sunday that he said the word of the Lord spoke, the word of the Lord that came to him on January 1st. He said, 2020 is now over and the new year has finally come. So get ready for more and more rejoicing in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word of the Lord. He doesn't care what's going on. He doesn't care what people's plans are here. He sits in the heavens and laughs. And he says, you will too. More and more rejoicing in 2021. The things I have planned will surely bring you great joy. God speaking, it's a sure thing. It's certain. It's going to happen. The things I have planned will surely bring you great joy. Blessing after blessing after blessing. That's what I will deploy. Never have you witnessed such goodness that you shall soon see. Whoa! Never have you witnessed... How many of you have witnessed some good things? Yeah, me too. Never have you witnessed such goodness that you will soon see. I love when God says soon. Soon see. I'm pouring it out in abundance so that you will have greater victories. Things you've stood in faith for that seem they'd never come, they'll manifest shortly and every battle will be won. Grab hold of that. You know, every word counts with God. Every word, every battle will be won. Keep your eyes on me and your trust in my word. And regardless of what others say, you'll not be disturbed. A year of great favor, that's what you'll testify to. <laughs> For abundant overflow is surely coming to you. <laughs> Isn't that good? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. We receive it. We receive it, don't we? Praise God. That's good. So God wants us to live uncommon. It doesn't matter what they're saying. He doesn't want you to live how they're saying. He doesn't want you to live anything you may be hearing out there. He's talking. He's talking and he wants us listening to what he has to say and what he wants for us. And we just have to grab hold of it and agree with him so that it will come to pass. Right? We know that. So if God wants us to live like him and he wants us to live uncommon, then I'm convinced he wants to live through us. Because isn't the only way that's possible to live like God lives is when God lives through you. You know, and there's a verse in Galatians 2.20 that says, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Because Christ is in me. Amen? So, you know, as I'm going through this and studying this, I mean, you can't help but, like, talk to yourself. You know, I don't know. Am I the only one who talks to myself? I have a little sign in my office at home that says, Of course I talk to myself. Sometimes I need expert advice. <laughs> Just kidding. But I do have the sign. Um, but, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about this, thinking about this subject, you know, living in common. Yeah, of course we want to live in common. So you can't help but ask yourself, so why don't we? 
So why don't we live uncommon? Why aren't people living uncommon? And as I was asking this to, I thought, myself, the Spirit of the Lord answered me, and he said, and this isn't all he said, but one thing he said to me was, people have given me their death but not their life. Like they've given their life after death, but they've not given me their life. And so he's not living through us. Because if he was living through us, I guarantee you, it'd be uncommon. Amen? So we've got to let him live through us. So as I was thinking on this and studying this, and as um, I told a small group earlier this month, some revelation that God had given me, and and, um, I'm going to share that tonight. Why aren't people living in common? Because they're unavailable to God. He's not living through them, which makes it unavailable, right? It makes an area unavailable to him when you won't let him live through you. So let me define this word available. Are you ready? You may think you know what it means, but I promise you, you don't. Well, I didn't. Maybe you do. Available. 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Profitable. Hmm. Advantageous. Having sufficient power, force, efficacy. I didn't know what that word was, so I looked up that one too. Efficacy means the power of producing results. Whoa! Available means power of producing results. Having power. The word available. How many of you knew that that's what that meant? I did not. I did not. I was amazed when I looked it up. When the Spirit of the Lord told me to look that up, I was amazed. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful for the teacher. I'm so thankful. Available means profitable, advantageous, having sufficient power, force, or efficacy, meaning power of producing results. In today's dictionary, it means able to be used. You're only able to be used if you're available, right? Not otherwise occupied. We're going to come back to that later. Not otherwise occupied. So available means profitable. So I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about this. Okay. So let me say the word just a little bit different. Avail, able. Able to avail. When you're available, you're able to avail much. Isn't that awesome? You just have to make yourself available. God just needs you to be available, right? Oh, man, that was so good. I just loved it. Not otherwise occupied. You know, and sometimes when um, when God said people have given me their death but not their life, it's not um, like a condemnation. There's different reasons people don't. You know, some people won't. There's some condemnation in that maybe at the end of time if they still won't. Some won't give their life. Some don't know, don't even know to give him their lives. They don't know he wants to live through them. And then some don't realize they haven't given their life. And isn't that where we are sometimes? There's just areas where we haven't realized that it's not available. We haven't made it available to him. I know in my life that's probably the reason. I just haven't realized that I didn't make that part available to him. See, when the Bible talks about us, it talks that we're a three-part being. Spirit, soul, body. Shaking your heads. Spirit, soul, body, right? And so Galatians 6.15, if you want to turn there real quick. 
We're talking about availing much, being available, living uncommon. Galatians 6.15 says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Meaning once you're a new creation, you avail much. You have the possibility of availing much. That's where it all starts, is when you become a new creation. Why? Because God comes to live in you. Now there's huge possibilities through your life, right? The thing is, he's in your spirit, right? And your spirit is in your body, right? So your spirit is inside you. So you, that's where being profitable starts, where it's possible, is when you become a new creation. Being a new creation avails much. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. It's not what you go through the motions to do. It's not the church routines that avail much. It's that you're a new creation, and the spirit of the living God lives in you. So, you have everything you need right now for whatever is before you. Good news. Whatever you're facing right now, you have everything you need right now. You know, the, the, God is so faithful. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, let me turn there real quick so I don't misquote it. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. There's nothing you're facing right now that you can't escape. Because God is faithful. No matter what report you've gotten, you've got what it takes right now. You're not missing anything. You're not lacking anything. It's just in your spirit. Remember, your spirit, soul, body. And your new creation avails much. So your spirit avails much. So... The problem is we got to get out of our spirit, right? Yeah, because everything you want, everything you have is in there. So how, spirit, soul, body. It's got to come out through your soul first. That's why we have to have faith. The just shall live by faith, right? We have to have faith. It's got to get through your mind to manifest in the natural or in your body. Spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body. So... It might get stuck in your mind. It might not get any further. If it's not manifesting in your body, it's probably stuck somewhere between your spirit and your body, which is where your soul is. Okay? So we've got to get our minds renewed to the truth. We don't want it getting stuck to where it's not manifesting. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. It's the truth you know that sets you free. So we can't be those people who know all about the word and all about God, but we have no personal experience. Right? You know God through personal experience. You know about God from his word, but you know God through personal experience. That means you take the word and you do the word. Pastor was talking about it on Sunday. You have to be a doer of the word. So some people ask, well, I don't understand why I'm not seeing victory. Because I know the Bible says such and such. Well, it could be that you know about God, but you don't know God. You haven't applied him to your life. You know, some people, like, you have to, you have to take the word and apply it. It's like, I think Pastor Thurman used the description of paint. You have to apply it to the wall. It does no good sitting in the can. You got to get it out and you got to use it. 
So you have to like use the word. You have to quote the word at your situation. You have to talk to yourself. Dr. Savell, I think Eric said on Sunday, Dr. Savell um, said this past week, what was it, Eric? Do you remember what he said, Dr. Savell said in the meeting about the word? No. It'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. Yes, you've got to stop thinking. You've got to stop. What did, what did you say, Joseph? Spending too much time listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. You got to speak the word. You got to tell yourself what the word says and stop just running through all the scenarios. You know what I mean? That's how you don't get, that's how it doesn't come out of your spirit is when you start getting in reasoning and running through all the scenarios that could happen instead of what does the word say? And, and, and speak the word. It's the sword of the spirit. You've got to use the sword in your situation to fight. So we use the sword. You've got to actually believe it and use it. That means you don't, you know, if, 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 if I'm afraid of heights and I'm in a tree, <laughs> I don't just talk about what the Bible says and walk through all the scenarios. I have to say, his angels will guard me, right? His angels will encamp us around about me, encompass around about me. I will not stumble. I will not fall. I will not, you know what I'm saying? You have to remind yourself of what the word says. You actually have to believe it, not just know about it. You have to believe it and take it and use it to guide your life. And I know I'm talking to a bunch of believers on a Wednesday night and you're doing this. Excuse, excuse me if I get a little passionate about it because it's what's worked in my life. It's the only thing I know that works in my life and I'm sure you can testify to it too. But we have to get better and better about it because God is telling us, I need you to live uncommon. I need you to live uncommon. I want to live through you. That's the only way you can live uncommon. I've got to have every part of your life. So those little parts of our life where we're not having victory, it's time to stop and examine and assess. And I'm going to come back to that in a second. So spirit, soul, and body, you've got to know your new creation. This everything you need is in you. It's in there. Everything you need, but it's got to come out. You've got you to let it flow out. Galatians 5, 6 says faith, again, it says circumcision or uncircumcision avails nothing but faith working by love. That's what avails. That's what avails much, faith working by love. You know, if your kid is in the street and there's a car coming, something about you says, I can get my kid out of that street (laughs) before that car hits my kid. And because your love prompts you to do what you think you can do, you run out and you toss your kid out of the street. Faith working by love. Work avails much. So when you start to love, love the Lord your God, first commandment, with all your heart all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's going to avail much. But he's got to be your priority. You know, the early church kind of had this, that love part where they were willing to give all. It said nothing they possessed was their own in Acts. Nothing they possessed was their own. It was all up for God's grabs. God, whatever you need from me, I'll give. Whatever it is. No possession, no time. No word. They didn't hold anything back. You know, when you love God enough, you hate his enemies. And you want to kick that enemy to the curb. You don't want him, you don't want him winning in any, in any of your life or anyone else's life. Because that's God's enemy we're talking about. It should make you good and mad that he would even peep his ugly head up around you. 
But we haven't been acting like that. We're not living uncommon. I'm not living uncommon. I'm getting better. You're getting better. Jesus knew about it. Acts 10.38, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Wherever he saw the devil, he did something about it. Went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Wouldn't it be nice to start kicking God's enemy around and freeing some people? Wouldn't it? You know, Jesus said, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just do it. Right? You know, Eric had a message earlier last year, and he said, in that message, he said, living in the flesh will make your spirit ineffective and inoperable. Isn't that the truth? And that's exactly what Satan wants. He doesn't want you getting in your spirit because, hello, God is there. If he can just keep you operating at a natural level and thinking you're okay, you know, you just squeeze out of here for the rapture, he's satisfied. I mean, he doesn't care if you know about righteousness and you know about the truth and you know about faith, but it's when you pick up faith and you pick up righteousness and you pick up the truth, that's when he starts to worry. You know? In Matthew 25... Let's look at this verse. In Matthew 25. Remember, we're talking about being available, profitable, living uncommon, right? In Matthew 25, unfortunately, we have a story about an unprofitable servant. So somebody who was not available, right? So Matthew 25. Let's look at this real quick. Uh, Let's see, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I gained five more. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Now, here's the horrible part. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. Is that in your Bible? Wow. This guy's just going along with life, you know, thinking he's fine. 
And I mean, thank God, I got, I got my, you know, my master's money. I'm just going to give it back to him. I'm safe. Jesus was not too happy. I think that's a really sad story. And it all started out because he gave them a talent according to their ability. They were able. They possessed the power to be profitable. And he wasn't. Why? Verse 25, I was afraid. So many of us are not available. Let's go back to that definition. Not otherwise occupied. Now we know it's in our spirit and we're talking about our mind right now. So what is occupying your mind? Is God occupying our minds? Or is Satan? Are we letting fear See, a lot of people think, you know, oh, I can't be demonized. I can't. I'm a Christian. Well, who's occupying your mind? And I'd, I'd, I'd say probably the biggest thing hindering us to living uncommon is fear. I think it's probably one of the biggest things oppressing the church in the day we live in. Because why else? Why else are we not doing what we know to do? Why are we not casting out demons? The other answer to that maybe is we're not spending enough time with God to get power on our minds. So that we know what's in us. See, God just wants to live through you. He's in you, and he just wants to live through you. Christ lives in me. You want to know how Paul did everything he did? Right there. Christ, I died. I was crucified with Christ. Christ now lives in me. And the life I now live, I live through faith in the Son of God. That was Paul's whole story. He did whatever. He was available. And guess what? He was avail-able. <laughs> he, he was avail-able. I mean, think about what that man did. Because it was available. Christ lived in him. Man, am I motivating you? I'm motivating myself. <laughs> we, can't not, we can't continue to do nothing and think we're okay. That's what that guy thought. He was cast into outer darkness. He was a servant of the master. He thought he was, but in the end, he'd done nothing. Availing nothing. Fear is a big deal to God. Availing nothing is a big deal to God. Can I give you another shocker scripture? Revelation chapter 21. Pastor, you did say an awakening was coming. Okay. So I just want to wake us up a little bit because I think we need to be reminded. Paul reminded, Peter said, I remind you, right? To be stirred up, right? Let's look at Revelation 21 and verse 8. But the fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. 
talk about in King James? Is it James? But the fearful and unbelieving will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Well, Jesus, I don't think he meant the fearful. I mean, the sexually immoral, okay, maybe. The fearful? Is that, wait, that's in the Bible? Yeah, why? 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 Because who are you listening to is who your Lord is. And if you're fearful, you've made something your master that is not God. So you think you're a servant of God, but you're not. And I just don't want that. I don't want us to be duped. So that's why I'm bringing it up tonight. I want us to know who we are, know what we're doing. And if we're not doing right, if I'm not doing right, then I want to know. Right? I mean, I don't want that future. I don't want you to have that future. I don't want anyone to have that future. Right? Romans 6, 16. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave to whom you obey. So who's telling you what to do? Fear or God? Who are you obeying? Fear or God? And I think this is important in the days ahead. And I think that's why God's bringing it up now. It's because none of this stuff out here moves God. God knows what he has planned for 2021. He knows. He knows. He's got it all planned out for those who love him. Great. You're going to rejoice. Goodness like you've never seen before. <laughs> but you've got to be not fearful. You're going to have to listen to God, right? Take heed those who take heed to my word and listen to my voice. No fear. No fear. Guys, we've got to have a no fear year. No fear year. Demonic forces have been oppressing people and the church long enough. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God doesn't give fear. And guess what? It's a spirit. So if it's talking to you and you're listening to it and it's making you shrink back, you're listening to a spirit that isn't God, that is not the Holy Spirit. Your mind is being occupied by God's enemy. Boy, that makes me so mad. That makes me so mad. I want to recognize fear when it comes. You know, God told me at the beginning of last year, Nikki, I need you to have a no fear year. And you know where I recognized fear, victory, and I defeated it, victory came. But in the areas where I did not recognize that fear was speaking to me, it was like trudging through mud. It was slow and hard because I didn't recognize what I was dealing with. If you don't even recognize what you're dealing with, I guarantee you, you're not going to take care of it. How can I cast out a demon I didn't even know was there? you got to know your enemy. And fear, I guarantee you, is your enemy. He's looking to take you out. Fear is the first step to unbelief. It's the very first step to unbelief. Turn to Hebrews 3. I'll show you. We've got to shove fear out the door. We can't let it in our church, in our homes, in our families, in our kids. Don't we tell our kids that every night they go to bed? They can't wake up with a nightmare. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. 
And I know I used to tell my kid that. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. You will lay down and have sweet sleep. No weapon formed against you will prosper. All right, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16. For who, having heard... How many of you have heard the word of the Lord for 2021? We've heard the word of the Lord, right? Who, having heard, rebelled? Who would rebel against that word? Who would rebel against that word? Who would not take those promises, Danny? Who would not enter into the promises? Who would rebel? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses... Now, with whom was God angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? Wait, wait, what are we talking about? Sinned, rebelled, right? They first called it rebelled, and now the next verse called it sin, right? Verse 18, and to whom did God swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So rebelled, sinned, now we got did not obey, right? That's what rebellion is, don't obey. Isn't that what we tell our kids? (laughs) Don't you rebel. You obey, right? Yeah. Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They couldn't get the promises because of unbelief. Well, where did all that start? What? How'd they get into unbelief? Turn to Numbers 13. Remember the story? Send men to spy out the land so we can see this great land that God is giving us. Right? (laughs) And in verse 27, they come back. We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fair, fortified, and very large. We saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites dwell in the land, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses said, let us go up at once and take possession. He like cut him off. I I, I feel like maybe I was Caleb. You know, we're going to take the land. No, let's possess the land. Let's go up right now. We're well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go against the people. They're stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Why? Fear. Why? Bad report. So all of a sudden, they got a word that was contrary to God's word. And now it's decision time. And isn't that the same for us every day, all day long? You get a word that's contrary to God's word, and it's decision time. Whose report do you believe? Whose report are you going to believe? Because in that moment... It doesn't matter what the natural, the natural is not greater than God. We have to, we have to know that deep down in ourselves is that God can take care of anything in this natural world. He's greater than it doesn't matter what we see. The whole congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. Why? Because all of a sudden they didn't believe God. And guess what happened next? They wouldn't, not couldn't, wouldn't go in. All started with fear. What was fear? A thought. A thought that if we go in there, they're going to kill us. We're going to get hurt. It's not going to go like God said. Now turn to 2 Corinthians. 
Guys, we're going to get everything that belongs to us this year. Everything that belongs to us. (laughs) Second Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, verse 3, we do not war according to the flesh. It doesn't matter to us what's going on in this natural world. That's not where we fight. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. Woo! They're mighty. They're mighty. Your weapons are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down. How do you do it? Casting down arguments. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that comes against you to, to, so that you don't know your God. Daniel said those who know their God will do great exploits. So when something comes and tells you your God can't provide. I mean, you know, the devil never actually says that because you Christians are too smart. If he were to say that, you'd be like, oh, yes, he can. No, he just says, your money won't make it. You don't have enough. You'll never have enough. Your parents never had enough. This is the lot you've been given in life. And there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) He's such a jerk. He's a jerk. He's a liar. There's no truth in him. Don't let him talk to you. What are you talking to me for? Isn't that what Jesus did? What are you talking to me for? The word. He quoted the word to him. It is written. It is written. You better know what your word says. You better know what the word says. It is written. You answer with the word. That's how you cast down every argument. Did you get that? Every argument. Something's going to come to you and argue with you about what your God can do. Through you, in you, for you. You got to cast that down. Cast it down. You know you're not taking that thought. And you're definitely not going to say it. Once you say it, you took it. Right? I mean, I know you guys have probably heard that before. Jesus said, take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. What are we going to do? What are we going to wear? What are we going to eat? No, God will provide. Ravens, he knows so many, manna, he can get you food any which way. I mean, who knows how many ways God has to get you food, clothes, whatever you need. God is the God of the impossible. I mean, he's the creator. He can create a new way we don't even know of to get you provision. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's how you handle fear. You recognize it and then you take it. You captive. No. No, I'm not thinking that. No, that's not true. You don't just think, you say. You speak. Jesus just didn't think against the devil when he came to tempt him. He said, it is written. He spoke. You got to speak. You got to hear your spell, speak the word. Faith comes by thinking, hearing. Faith comes by hearing. They're talking all day long. I said to someone recently, if you're not feeling good, your body is talking to you 24-7. You better have something else talking to you. 
Turn on the Victory Channel. Faith 24-7 coming across there. You better have something talking to you besides your symptoms. Because you need it. Faith comes by hearing. If you're hearing something else all the time, you got to counteract that. This is war. <laughs> this is war. We're in a war. And it's not just for us. When we let fear dominate us, it never just impacts us. It impacts people around us. Look at what happened here in Numbers in Hebrews. Did it just impact the 12 spies? No. The whole, all the children of Israel. It impacted all of them because they all had a decision to make. But that evil report impacted all of them. That fear in, ended up impacting all of them. Fear is the first step to unbelief, which is going to lead to rebellion, which means not obeying God. And none of us wants to do that. But we don't recognize it because it's so sneaky. It's so sneaky. So we, church, it's the year of the local church. Are you hearing that? 2021? That God's telling us when, where, who, and how. In those few words, the year of the local church. 2021, the year of the local church. When, where, who, and how. All the local church. That's you and me. Raise your hand if you're the local church. Say, I am the local church. Yeah. God's going to do great things through the local church. Miracle after miracle. And he's not just going to do it in here. He wants to do it through you out there. Because he wants them to know he's real. He's real and he cares and he can make a difference. That's what he wants people to know. He is and he's a rewarder. Hebrews 11.6 says. So we've got to tear down strongholds. You can't allow in your life these, I know God says, but. Anymore. Like, you know, I know God says to tithe, but. But what? But what? What's entered into your mind to convince you to not do what God tells you not to do? What God tells you to do. Why are you, why are you not doing it? You know, there's all kinds of confusion out there. And honestly, there's some confusion in the church. Why? Mixed messages. You know, I remember a message my sister Natasha preached one time. She preached on mixed messages. And she was asking God. And she was asking him, Lord, I don't get it. Hot, cold, lukewarm. Lukewarm? You're going to spit out of your mouth? I mean, Lord, at least lukewarm was, was like kind of hot. Like God, you know? Because that seems so reasonable for us humans. And God said, Natasha, lukewarm is confusing. Because are you hot or cold? Are you for God or against him? And then other people see you, and they think, that's okay. Lukewarm's okay. They're confused. And the confusion just spreads. Nobody really knows what God wants. Lukewarm is confusing. Mixed messages are confusing. And so we, guys, we got to give ourselves wholly and completely to God. I mean, there's no more holding back. There's no more areas that, I mean, if you, if you want to live uncommon, you got to let him in every area. 
You've got to make your money available. You've got to make your parenting available. You know, God wants to tell you how to parent. He's a pretty good parent. You know, but takes doing it his way. And some people in the church are still holding back parenting. I mean, this is Father God. He wants your marriage available. He wants your tongue available. So clear out the garbage in every area. Just give it to him and let him live through you in every area. We are not those who shrink back. Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. The just shall live by faith. We are not those who shrink back. It's got to get in your mind. You've got to get your mind completely given to God. No more doubt. No more fear. No more letting the devil talk to you there. you got it. You know, people want to come in church and be spiritual. You know, we have pastors for that. <laughs> Go out there and be spiritual. Go out there and work the gifts of the Spirit. Go out there and have a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a healing, a miracle, a prophetic word. Let God speak to you out there. Make yourself available out there. God needs you available out there. He wants us availing much, local church. This is our year. And we're going to live uncommon because we're going to be available. We're going to be available. We're going to be available to God in every area because he's telling us how to. He's telling us what to get rid of. He's telling you, you've got to get fear out of your mind. You can't let demons speak to you anymore. Cast those things out. Get them out of your life. Don't be lazy. Don't be lethargic. Don't be lukewarm. Get on fire. Burn with zeal for God. Paul said, burn with zeal. Don't be lagging in diligence. Burn with zeal for God. Why everything he has. Why hold back anything? You know what a stronghold is? It's where you wall it in and you keep it in. So is there an area of our life where we're like, God, don't touch Pastor, keep out. No, I don't know. Maybe when I said parenting a few minutes ago, some of you were like, get out my space. <laughs> no, we've got to let God in every area. We've got to be willing to receive the word and do the word in every area. Guys, no darkness, nowhere. Can you have your movies? Can he have your TV? Avail able. He wants to avail able. He wants you to be avail able. But he's saying, let's get serious, local church. This is your year. This is our year. My people will be willing in the day of my power. Are we his people? Because his people are going to be willing in the day of his power. And this is it. This is the day of his power. You know, when Jesus came on the scene, in Luke chapter 1, 75, there was a prophetic word that said, let me read it because it's just so good. 
I'm only going to read a couple more scriptures. I promise. Another scripture. Luke 1. So, Zacharias is now filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist has just been born, right? Zacharias is filled with the Holy Spirit. He starts talking and he says, The oath which he swore, verse 73, he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve God without fear. (laughs) We've been delivered from the hand of our enemies. That doesn't mean, though, we can just, like, skip through the roses and think everything's going to be just fine. No, you've got to enforce the victory. He delivered you from the hand of our enemies so that you could serve God without fear. I mean, it's weird that he says without fear there. I mean, of all the words he could have said right there, he points out fear. Why? Because that's a, I mean, that's a pretty huge deterrent to serving God is fear. I won't have enough. He's not real. I mean, I don't know what goes through people's heads. Probably all of us have had it go through our head one time or another. But we can serve God without fear. Pastor talked about the Joshua generation on Sunday. Oh, my gosh, wasn't it great? I can't wait to hear the rest of that message. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. You know, that Joshua generation, though, they were the ones who had to go in and fight for what was theirs. You know, they had to go in and fight for what was theirs. They had to go occupy and possess. Again, occupying what's possessing. Because it's here. It's got to get through here to come out here. So we've got to have it occupy. What's occupying? What's possessing? Joshua generation. Joshua, at the end of Joshua 24, he says, fear the Lord. You know, Jesus said something like that. He said, don't fear those who can kill the body. Fear him who after they've killed the body can cast that body into hell. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and truth. I think Pastor might have even read that on Sunday. Serve him in sincerity and truth. Nothing holding back. All of you for all of him. It seems like such a, right? I mean, appropriate (laughs) that we would give him all of us for all of him. It's like he's being shortchanged and we're getting it all. My people will be willing in the day of my power. Be doers of the word. There's a reservoir of power in you. Do you know that? There's a reservoir of power in you. But we've got to use it. We've got to let it flow out of your spirit, through your mind, and into your life, into other people's lives. We need firsthand experience witnesses. Right? The power. And that power is in you already. You have everything you need for victory. But it's got to come out through your mind, to come out through your body. Spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body. Don't let it get caught up in your mind, in your soul. Don't let the devil talk to you there and convince you and get it all clogged and bottled up. Just give it to God. Be so convinced. Remember, Abraham was convinced. Fully persuaded. Spend time in the word until you're fully persuaded. You know, Jesus even said it takes prayer and fasting. How about that back in the church? I feel like I just said two words that everybody was like, well, that's kind of old. Mm-hmm. It's a little too old. Probably needs brushed off 
taken back out. Some prayer and some fasting and getting in his word and casting down every thought that would exalt itself against your God. Get a little angry. Cast down strongholds. Don't let them stay in your mind until they're so strong you need someone else to help you. Give it to God. Make yourself avail-able. Amen? Who's doing offering tonight? Oh, Pastor.